Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Lauren. And you're listening to Podcast Podcast. The podcast that talks about how great podcasts are. How self-obsessed. I th- I've been practicing oh my gosh, 43 times. Just sitting in the mirror, say, reciting it over and over yeah, again. Yeah, and it's also our 43rd episode. <laughs> Take it back. It? I know. That's a lot of episodes. I know, and some people thought that we wouldn't make it. And look at <laughs> Name us now. <laughs> He's not listening, so it doesn't <laughs> That's matter. That's so true. It's my husband. Yes. Yeah. He, he said um, when we were coming up with, when Lauren had this fantastic idea, and then I j- jumped on board. Uh, we wanted Alan to be a guest, so he was like, yeah, I'll be a guest on your 10th episode, yeah. thinking there's no way we'd get to 10. And look at us now. Here we are. And he's been a guest like a million times, and he loves it, yes. by the way. E- even if he says he doesn't, he I know he really does. loves it. I know, too. I do ask <laughs> that you rate us on iTunes. Five stars, preferably. But you know what? If you rate us five stars, you're welcome to give constructive criticism Please, like yeah. like one of our reviews did. Right. We've got we've improved because of it. Right. We t- we think about it every episode. It's true. Also, just tell a friend about our show. Yeah. And you could also tell the big listen about our show. Yes, tell everyone, including your friends, including iTunes and the big listen about our show. You can just call 202-885-POD1 or email biglisten at wamu.org. And tell them that you love podcast podcast. Pronounced podcast podcast yes let e- email my hotmail account if you have any questions about how to pronounce it spelled phonetically right one word phonetically don't say it in two words correct that's what people do that's they, so true people do yeah people do <laughs> um people do okay it's time for eric's favorite segment. i love this one my Our, yes mine this week is not great <laughs> i like mine okay good. i want to do mine okay good okay um Okay, so we have a friend, Josh, who, uh, for a long-distance relationship, has to cross the state of Pennsylvania every week twice. And we just... It's a long state. We feel bad for him yeah. about this. That's a bo- I had to do that in college. It's a boring-ass state. I mean, yeah. I love the Amish, but you can only look at so much of their property. There's also, like, a highway going straight down the middle. So it's, like, not even an exciting journey. No, and sometimes in the mountains, you can't get radio. True, like, it's, okay. true. So we wanted to give him some, every episode, some ideas of things he could talk about. Yeah. Or think about. Yeah. Suggestions of how to, how to think in, in, uh, by the time. Yeah. Noodle around as you like to say. (laughs) Yeah. I I do like to say that. Um, and do you want to go first this time? Yeah. So I want, uh, not Brian. I want Josh. Brian is who he's going to see. Brian can do it too. Why do I feel like I felt bad about revealing that? Like, I felt like that was a secret. uh, It's out. (laughs) It's out. They're both gay and they're getting married. Think about Brian. No. Um, Okay, Josh, I want you to, I want you to noodle on peeps. Just anything? No. Well, I guess I should go on. So, do you know peeps? Like the um, sugary candy that typically comes out around Easter. It's like a little marshmallow fluff with some sugar around the the edge. Yes. Typically, it's like a bunny or a a chick for Easter. Peeps. Um. They're so cute. So, okay, I, I want you to think. Obsessed. They are cute. <laughs> Creepy. Yeah. Um, I want you to think of, <clears throat> for each major <gasps> holiday. I like this. Yeah. I want you to think of a new peep. But what would be, like, the worst idea this for a holiday themed peep? you said peep. this wasn't good. This, <laughs> this is, is very good. This is such a bad one. This is very good. <laughs> okay, good. Hopefully, Josh thinks it's I... good, too. I'm obsessed with this idea. This should be in a peep campaign. <laughs> right. And they like the worst ones like get made. 
I once oh applied to a job with Peeps. It was basically to just like design like <sighs> social content for them. Oh my god! Isn't that god. hysterical? Oh, fun, 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 fun. I know. I really. Anyways, anything <clears throat> involving Peeps is fun. It's, a good it's time. like hysterical. Okay, yeah. so think of based on each major holiday, what would be the worst Peep that they could come Actually, out? Actually, that's with? A, that's a really good one. Thanks. Um, I appreciate that. Mine is just memorize rappers' delight. Oh. Just I think it's cool when everyone has like a rap that they can like rap like totally like it's yes it's a good parlor through. trick yeah, to have is, up your sleeve yeah mine yeah. is um shoop oh, by salt and pepper perfect yeah so i i just listened to it a million times yes. until you get it down that's such a good and idea. i'm gonna do it too i want to know yeah. i want to be able to do it so. what do you have one in your arsenal i mean i think i do rapper's delight i think yeah. that's a classic one that every every, every american should know it by <laughs> it's heart so true so, the national anthem rapper's delight right so i mean those are both pretty good ones i think Maybe i think could, yours is such a great idea and it's such a specific time suck that yeah. you have to keep going back and back and back yeah and well i mean he could do both he has to go back and forth but he still has to pick which one is better that's true that's the way the game works yep those are the rules <laughs> um now let's jump into your favorite segment <gasps> podcast challenge Yay! Yes, this yes, is the yes, part yes, where yes. lauren and i challenge each other to listen to an episode or a podcast um based on something that we really dig something we think the other person will dig or just something that you know we want them to listen to. Yeah. Because it's fun to have control. I know. It's fun <laughs> to make your friends do things. It's true. Yeah. Now, one problem is often you come up with these really fun, creative little gems that I've never heard of. And often I'll come up with what I think are fun, creative little gems you've never heard of. But of course, you've already listened to multiple episodes. But you give me specific episodes sometimes. sometimes. Or sometimes I haven't really dug in. You yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay. it's always good. It's always That's, good to have a focus. You're being nice. Well, but last time I challenged you to listen to the Torrey show. Yes. How'd it go? Well, I had listened to it before. Yes. And I, I didn't know what to say at the time because I, I don't, I don't want to say something bad about Torrey. Yeah. Torrey. Yeah. And I was very excited about the show. Yeah. But I don't feel like I'm punching up or down because he's way up. Yeah. So I think I can give him some, give the show some things that I don't like about it. Yeah, great. It's, he has some great guests. Like I listened to the Rizzo one. I, there was a poet one. Like, a Snoop one mm-hmm. like I they're just it's a smart person interviewing somebody I was got kind of bored every time it wasn't really like eye-opening it was like I honestly like I think the idea of a smart person interviewing someone is just done so much and yeah you could put it on the background and learn something new about maybe but like it there isn't a thing it's mm, not it's, there's no I hook. don't think and maybe not yet maybe it's still developing I was just and also everything is about expectation and I was expecting like yeah. my mind to twist yeah. and I was kind of like okay this is like a if I was going to interview I feel like it was just very basic questions yeah I every single I listened to a bunch and every single one I was like I forgot I was listening and I was like oh do I have to listen to this again like it just wasn't catching me yeah but you know maybe it'll change you know i just think he needs <clears throat> our show has <laughs> segments i think everyone should have segments yeah things to look forward to things to uh snap your brain into like, you know what i mean like yeah. things to look forward to things to expect things to appreciate like i it was just a long interview that i think could have happened somewhere else that's the thing Trey, you're brilliant what can you give us that no one else can give us? Yeah. You kind of gave us what maybe some someone other another smart person can yeah. give us. So anyway, I I'm not gonna stop listening. I have hope, high hopes, and I like him. 
And he does have access to great guests. So I'm not going to stop listening, but I just mean I was underwhelmed. Well, and maybe that's part of what's unique about it is like the guests that he would think to get or that he would have access to because I feel like yeah. those guests aren't necessarily on a lot of other interview podcasts. Exactly. And a lot of people love listening to those. Just yeah. like smart people interviewing smart people. And that's fine. But it just wasn't like jazzing me up or anything. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm, so, I'm on board. So generally thumbs up, but maybe there will be a second Tory podcast that is just like mind blowing yeah, and, and if, specific to him. And if somebody listened to a really good one, tweet it, love your podcast. Love and it. I want to hear it. So love and it. I'll, I'll stop what I'm doing. If I'm carrying babies across flaming <laughs> moats, I mean, I've been playing a lot of Nintendo lately, <laughs> then I will drop the babies into the moats and start listening. That's Great point. I, that is my promise. Yeah. That is the podcast podcast promise. So maybe uh, don't tweet us what you a good one to listen to unless lauren has put the babies down right well there's no way to know that's true i mean i pick up babies you do often um live stream your baby carrying yeah so there's one way um how do you think i got these guns (laughs) um all right well i have one for you yeah what you got actually i'm like 99 percent sure you have heard of it but i kind of want to highlight it yeah i'm more than 99 percent sure that you've heard of it i'm intrigued um it's called um keep it no. Never heard of it. It's from Crooked Media, which is uh, the Love It or Leave It. Yeah, of like, course. And they're putting out some new stuff, which is really exciting. So it's from Crooked Media. It's a new podcast about pop culture, politics, and what happens when they smack into each other at an alarming speed. Yep. Love it. And so it's kind of seems like a lighter uh, Crooked Media because, you know, they're so into politics. And this is, I mean, Love It or Leave It is fun, but this seems more like they'll talk less fo- more focusing on pop culture and stuff. yeah a little more entertainment yeah so ira madison the third is a culture co- critic and columnist and he's joined each week by comedians journalists actors musicians activists politicians and more for conversations at the intersection of pop culture and politics at a time when we're all obsessing over both yes um so ira is a culture critic for the daily beast and gq um keep it means like you can keep it like you don't something you don't want. So the whole theme is like <laughs> it's like something you're not feeling or something that's not for you. They, they kind of talk touch on that a lot of times. And also, I love Ira. Like I've heard him on other podcasts. I was really excited about this one. I think you're gonna love it. I'm actually yeah. really excited that you haven't listened to it yet. It, it's brand new, Ooh. so I think you're in for a treat. I'm super excited, and I like the artwork. That's always a good sign. I just looked it up. There's a new episode, but episode one is called <gasps> Leave Oprah Alone, if, to give you a little taste of you've, how. You've got my heart already if you're I, defending Oprah. I can't wait to hear what you think about it. <laughs> well, thanks for the challenge. <laughs> Whoa. Just, like, kind of quick intake of Oprah, apparently. Oh, oh that's what happens. She, does, she can do that to you. <laughs> thanks for the challenge. I can't oh, wait to listen to thank it. thank you for the challenge. Yeah. Um, I think that I would love most in this world right now to hear a little bit from our sponsor. Oh, this week, uh, our sponsor is Splinter Pit. Um, Eric, do you ever notice that, uh, by the way, real quick, um, no one has ever sponsored us more than once in a row. Like, yeah. usually podcasts, like, you know, you get sick of it. It's like Squarespace, Squarespace. Like, I don't, do you think it's something we're doing? Maybe we should have this conversation in private. Yeah, maybe we should discuss this during our business meetings. Oh, yeah, the business. Okay, D- don't let me forget. Okay, I'm great. curious. But, I mean, all to say, you may have ordered a bunch of bur- BarkBox last week because we told you to because BarkBox was paying our bills and um, they have since cut their sponsorship and are now dead to us. So um, you might have like a bunch of dumb bark samples lying around. And Eric, you did a convincing job of drumming up enthusiasm for the bark trapper keeper. (laughs) But I don't know, man. (laughs) I don't know. Um, 
But never fear, Splinter Pit is here. <laughs> Founded by business mogul Olivia M., it's a big box that you can throw all of those bark samples into and jump around in. Olivia may have called it the pit o' fun because that's exactly what it is. The hours will fly by when you're tooting around inside your splinter pit. Now, Olivia is a creative genius, but this is her first rodeo when it comes to business ventures. So right now, she is going to pay you $100 to buy the splinter pit, which is free, because she thinks that's how business works. Isn't that adorable? So cute. <laughs> oh, babies. So take advantage of this deal. Visit splinterpit.com uh, to get the splinter pit and a solid honey. And order now and enter dis- discount code podcast podcast, and Olivia will send you a splinter proof bodysuit. And... Trust me, if you don't have one of those, I honestly would not even go inside your splinter pit because, ouch. And I mean, like, I'm not sure this is like a sustainable business model, but like, Olivia, we are so proud of you and thank you for sponsoring us. So thanks, Splinter Pit, but you are dead to us, Barkbox. How great that my little two and a half year old niece is just going into business like this. It's impressive. I mean, that happened fat <laughs> lightning fast. No, she her, has a website. Her splinter I, pit invention was born from last episode's bark box right. um, sponsorship. I know. So she, yeah, she moves fast. Yeah. Is she in college yet? She should think. <laughs> she must. Uh, be. Betsy should think about accelerating her education. She must be. Yeah. Um, I bet she's in her splinter pit right now. Right now. Probably. Her, Why am I not in a splinter pit? <laughs> well, because your bodysuit hasn't come That's yet. That's true. Yeah. Do not go in without the bodysuit. It's The warning is right there on the box. Right. Yeah. Are you ready for clip number one? I'm so ready. Okay. I've been hanging out of this clip for a while because it made me think so much. It's from Death, Sex, and Money, which I know we've talked about. Yes, the episode is called Why I Steal. Yep. Um, Anna Sale is the host. Um, Death, Sex, and Money, in case you don't know, is a podcast hosted by Anna Sale about the big questions and hard choices that are often left out of polite conversation. Um, Anna Sale is so kind and thoughtful, and you, she really listens to her guests, even when they're talking about like really difficult topics. And in this episode, she's talking to her guest, who they're calling Alice. It's not her real name. Um, and she is a like professional shoplifter. Alice has been using this advantage for more than 10 years now. We first talked last winter, and she freely admitted to me that she is stealing and that she's breaking the law. But she says she's developed her own guidelines for what's okay. I mean, I do have rules that I follow. I mean, I don't ever lift from small mom-and-pop kind of stores, and um, I don't lift from thrift stores, or even though that is insanely easy because they never have cameras. Uh, mostly because somebody else is more likely to get hurt because of it. Uh, when you live from somewhere like Walmart, they already have it built into their insurance where they have like, you know, uh, loss insurance. And so they've already budgeted for a certain amount of stealing, I guess. And I, it just, it lessens the impact. So you, it feels like it's not, it's like a victimless crime. Um, I would say it feels more like maybe a paper cut as opposed to, like, stabbing someone. Alice didn't want to say exactly where she lives, but she described it as a rural community of about 500 people. It is very small and full of meth houses. Mm. <laughs> it's also full of other nice people, but um, just your normal tiny little, I don't know, rural town. Oh, okay. Um, I think 
I, I went back and forth in my mind feeling compassion and disgust for Alice. And I want to know what you think. What's, what's your initial reaction? Yeah, I mean, I, I think because she's so quick um, to admit that it's not right or good what she's doing, that it's easier to sort of feel compassion for her. I definitely erred on that side. You did. That's interesting for me to hear. Because that was, I think my initial thing was like, like DJ Wu, what do you think? Do you feel compassion for her or were you disgusted? Uh, a little compassion. I was more just curious, like, how the hell does she know all of this? Yeah, she's just pretty crazy. She could be yeah. applying this. She could be like starting a splinter box yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, but like, brilliant. I mean, brilliant. I think my first thing was like, I felt bad for her also because I'm like, I think it's like guilt because I'm privileged yeah, and I don't have to do this. That's why I thought my brain was like, you are not allowed to judge her because you don't know what it's like to be Alice. I think yeah. that's what my brain was telling Yeah, totally. And I was I talking to my fair. mom about it and my mom was like, well, I have been poor. I've never been poor. And my mom was like, well, I've been poor and I didn't do that stuff. You don't have to do that stuff. No one has to do that stuff. And then listening to her talk a little more, like, um, you know, she admits that being a white woman lets her get away with certain things and she's taking advantage of that. And yeah. That that's terrible. And um, well, wait, what's terrible that she's taking advantage of it, or that yeah, that yeah, that she's bias that exists? she thinks it's fi- I mean both, but like that she's actually like t- like she shoplifts because she shoplifts like black men get followed around in stores who aren't shoplifting. You know what I mean? Like she, but she's point. like I'm a white woman. I don't need to worry. And she also later tells a story about stealing a bathing suit for vacation. And my brain was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought you were stealing things that you need. And then, mm. you know, it, it occurred to me like, wait, I can see it would be a slippery slope. You maybe start stealing things you need. And then You're it gets like, out of well, control. You're I like, well, I want I, yeah, I might as suit. well. Yeah. And um, at the end, she says she just wants to make a better life for her daughter, which this is a compassionate roller coaster. I'm like, I, I know, like of a daughter. And then she's like, but she believes she can because her and her husband are hard workers. And I think, but you don't, you don't have to do that. You know, like if you're a hard worker, do it the right way. What everyone else has to do, you have to follow the rules. And she doesn't want to be on, she, she gets government assistance, but she doesn't want to go on food stamps because she feels like they're for losers. And it's like, we have a system set up to help you. We have rules that everyone needs to follow. I don't know. I, but I, I feel weird judging, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, what's interesting to me is sort of like the um, ethics play that we all do with ourselves, like what the line is. Like we all kind of move that line. We all know where the line is generally, right? But we kind of move that circumstantially based on what we think is right or what the circumstance is. Like she feels like somehow taking food stamps is worse than just taking from Walmart a corporation. Right. You know what I mean? She has these rules for herself. Yeah. And I've even talked to like my mom about like, my mom was like, I, I stole from work when I was a teenager Mm. and she like put like lipstick in her when she worked at a drugstore or something. And I was like, that's not the same as I think going into someone else's, you know, store and stealing something. I think there's different like levels. And like, I feel like everyone takes from work sometimes. Like I hate to say that, like I have a job. I don't want to get fired. It'll be like, I use office supplies or, you know what I mean? Like everyone, like you accidentally just by living at your work end up like, what's the line? That's like a tiny thing that maybe I like brought a pen home or something like that's stealing, you know, like, I don't know. It's like, but I've written this rule for myself. Like, but yeah, you're so, that's a perfect example of it is like feeling like, well, I've earned it because I work hard here and I get to I like it's it's less bad if I steal from my work right and then to like I, you know I know folks who like will 
sort of scam the system by like getting something super on sale and then returning it at full price. And it's like, that's theft. Or even if you walk out of the store and they gave you the wrong change, they gave you less, you know, more change than you were, you were supposed to have and you realize it that's stealing too. Like, I feel like we all do it and we all have our like different line of like where that, where that is. That's why I love talking about this because everyone has a different line and I have been shocked to hear where people's line is. Totally. Did you ever, I want to ask both of you this. Have you ever stolen from a store? Like I'm thinking when you were like 12 or something, but I mean, I'm assuming you don't do it now. I'm assuming, (laughs) but it's like a phase kids go through, right? When they don't want to have jobs, but they want shit. Did you ever? No. So I, the only time I ever stole was this is embarrassing, but it was, I was in my aunt and uncle's basement and found some coins and I liked coins at that time. I was maybe, I was maybe like six or seven. Don't worry. I got caught. Um, and I just took them home. I, I don't know why I felt like ownership. Like my family was really close. So I felt like everyone's house must've felt like naughty. I kind of feel like I shouldn't be doing. I think this is even worse, but I don't think I did. I just felt like, Oh, these are so cool. I can't wait to play with them at home. That makes me think it wasn't wrong. I hate to say this, but it was like you. I mean, it so was My mom found out and was like, where did you get these coins? And I was like, Oh, they're from Were they like treasure, like pirate coins. No, it was like, it was like foreign coins. Okay. Like from different countries. So she made me like bring them back to him and like apologize, of course, because it was not right. They weren't mine to take, you know? But it seems like you, I don't know. Okay. Okay. I'm giving you like the, that wasn't that bad. Like in my, harmless. the Lauren yeah. Bissell line. Yeah. Yeah. DJJ was like, that wasn't really bad. Cause his, I'm assuming your, yours was worse. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I, I, I stole a car yesterday. Yeah, I never, I didn't really <laughs> Remember shoplift. Remember that car that I said I bought yesterday? I stole it. Sorry. What? No, I did. I was going to say, I didn't really shoplift. Um, maybe like a pack of baseball cards once. Oh, every boy is allowed to steal a pack nothing, of baseball nothing, cards. Boys will be boys. Nothing crazy. Um, but no, like I, th- I get like the whole like, it's kind of like hacking the system, or like what's your what's your how far are you willing to go over that step the line? And like, I definitely know a lot of people who've like hacked like credit card points, mm-hmm. like by sending because you can send each other um, like through Amazon Pay. There was like a, back a couple years ago, you could like basically use Amazon Pay to pay your friends, and then but you'd use your card. So you just like make large transactions with your card that was racking up points. And then you just rack up a shitload of points. Well, if you're Stuff smart, like that I think you're allowed like, to steal. If like, you're that, that sounds like you're a smart person. That's, and I like, guess, fine. cause like most, if I were to just meet this person on the street, I'd be like, yeah, fuck you. You suck. But she kind of, it sounds like she knows a shitload about Walmart and like, she kind of hacked it. So like, yeah, what's I the difference? Guess good for you yeah not really but like you know what i mean like it's it it sucks because she's definitely not i don't feel she good shouldn't for you. be she shouldn't be doing that do you, so. what would you do if your child stole came home and i would fully like march them back to mm-hmm. that store in person make them give it to the manager the and apologize apologize yeah, yeah. And humiliate yourself yeah what would you do oh uh, definitely the same mm-hmm. i don't think I don't think that you want to set any other example other yeah. than like making them, making them understand, you know? Yeah. That, that it's kind of serious. I mean, yeah. I think I, the idea of a child stealing is so bad to me because I never did it. I mm. never, ever would have done it, but I was privileged. But like if my child stole there, it would not stop there. There would be like, <gasps> like, I'm sending you to boarding school in a Buddhist <laughs> monastery in Thailand. Like you are wow. fucked. You are fucked. Do you hear this future child? 
do not you can do a lot of bad stuff and i will like be fine we'll we'll talk and i'll like yeah the stealing to me is like it's such a bad sign like i do not i do not think it's tolerant like i do not tolerate it worse than like violence against another kid yes really yes oh i disagree i feel like kids can beat the shit out of each other and it depends on how hateful it is you know but like yeah well, i was gonna say I don't like if it's like crime, but if it's you, like a hate well, crime well, this is getting into it okay this is getting into different territories it's not obviously not what i'm talking about yeah and, but like i just think the stealing thing like at um my boarding school western reserve academy where i met dj Wu. you where he where he stole your heart yes many years ago <laughs> Like Can they let stuff yeah. slide a lot. Like you would get suspended like lightly for like weed possession or whatever. A lot of, I mean, there was a lot of stuff they looked the other way, but if you stole, you were expelled immediately. Like a girl stole a jacket from the lost and found goodbye because it's a community and yeah. stealing is the worst thing. So if we can't trust you, then that's true. You wouldn't even get, uh, no. you wouldn't even get kicked out for drugs. No, nope. really. It was worse. It was the worst thing you could do. It was like the, on one the of first, the only on the things that they would, expel you immediately like you worse stole. than like assaulting another student i mean you would get expelled there weren't a lot of I think, assaults on i our think campus. that would also be uh, I mean, handled you, case by case too but yeah. also if you yeah if you committed a hate crime you might get expelled. like if it was like well, racially charged or something, yeah would, yeah but I, i'm sure that i even feel like out. thinking about like my child scenario if my child knocked a kid down at school that to me would be way worse than if they stole baseball cards it or depends. whatever kids I, will me. steal in 20 years i kind of have it on the same the same plane like yeah. it's really? like bullying and and being a dick yeah and also stealing is kind of like i don't know but thinking yeah. about like victimless like the idea that alice quote-unquote alice is talking about that like stealing from walmart is a little bit of a victimless crime they it's certainly it not in. a good thing to do yeah. but stealing stealing say it's like stealing you know a candy bar is much more victimless than stealing shoving a kid to the ground you know what i mean like that kid has to deal with that now you know true but i think the repercussions are worse and and thinking about like community you know what i mean like harming another member of that community feels like a a bad thing to do i would just see it as a i think a bigger red flag than maybe other people like i would be like wow what i would sit down and say what do we have to there's a big, 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 this is a tip of the iceberg problem. Yeah. I wouldn't just be like, go return it and apologize and come back home. Yeah. I'd be like, wow, we have to fix something. Well, in this discussion, it's made me think of a couple ways in which I steal. Um, one is that we use a friend's Hulu password to watch Hulu. I mean, technically we shouldn't do that. It's, we're not, it's, you're not allowed through Hulu to use, like to share your account. Um, Again, they account for that, but it doesn't make it right, like Walmart stealing. Um, two, I've watched illegally downloaded movies. Um, when I was uh, starting out in my career, I, I illegally downloaded um, like the codes to design software. Like these are like small ways because they're digital, because like a lot of people do them, it doesn't feel that bad, but it's that's stealing, right? But also, it feels victimless too. Right. It doesn't seem like there's a person at the other end getting fucked. Yeah. You know? And I guess, I guess if you really look at it, it's like, it, it's the company, but the company is made up of people and could someone lose their job because enough people are doing this? Yeah. You know what I mean? And then a follow up to this episode, they had so many people call in very angry that Anna did an episode called why she steals your reactions. And I highly recommend you listen to that too. 
like one listener was a store owner and said, I'm a person who is affected by this. Yeah. And hearing that, that there is a person that's affected by this. Yeah. One listener said she felt betrayed about the entire episode and people were actually mad that why give a microphone to this person? Like why did she, even hmm. though I was very grateful to hear Alice talk and admit and be honest, but some people were like angry that this episode even existed. But like, I was happy. Do you, are you like, are are you like we have, we're having a conversation about stealing right now. Yeah, you're so right. I, and it makes me think about stealing. I don't, I'm glad that Alice came forward and was honest. I agree. I think it gave us a perspective of someone who has a very different life than ours, has very different needs than ours, socioeconomic needs. And you're right. It made us examine like our own ethics. And also the whole bathing suit thing. Like, I don't know what that's like to not be able to afford a cheap bathing suit from Target or something. And like, even if you're poor, you still want a bathing suit. Like you still want like fun. You still deserve like a fun thing. Yeah. You shouldn't have to torture yourself and not have no nice things. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's so, well, that's why my brain is going up and down. But anyway, I'm glad we talked about this. And it was serious, right? We got like, serious. It was serious, but it was also fun to turn it around and take it, take it away from this person and put it on ourselves and think like, what, like what? When did we steal? How did we justify it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Where? Who? Where are? What are our lines? Yeah. yeah. What are our lines? Really good clip, LKP. I'm so Thank glad you. you busted it out. Oh my gosh, I'm not used to being so serious. I feel like I have a big wedgie. <laughs> Wait, I do have a big wedgie. Oh, that's your <laughs> that's wedgie. That's a real wedgie. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Slip. That well, was me slipping the wedgie out of my butt cheeks. You must Too feel so relieved. Oh. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna keep the serious train going. Okay. Are you cool with I'm that? I'm ready. Now I'm in the mood. I know. Well, it's it's like. Yeah, it's it's a little bit serious, a little bit like hopeful. So, okay, the next clip comes from a brand new podcast created by Bustle called The Bustle Huddle, uh, which is hosted by like their the senior features editor Caitlin Abbey. Um, in case you don't know, Bustle is a digital online media outlet with digital online. I sound like <laughs> someone's aunt. <laughs> it's in case a, you're confused. It's on the internet. Ww. Um, so it's like a media outlet with a focus on a female audience. So their content includes hard news, entertainment, lifestyle, books, beauty, etc. Um, you do you like Bustle? I go to Bustle almost every day for their book coverage. Yes, yes, yes. Very robust. Oh, very very robustle. Yeah. <laughs> um each episode apparently it's it's only it's only a couple episodes in, but um the intention is that each episode will be a totally different vibe from like exploring apparently there's a growing interest in witchcraft among women um to just like interviews with famous female comedians. These conversations will not just include the writers and editors of Bustle, but they'll also include like women on staff who are designers stylists videographers etc i just i kind of love this concept yeah i do too yeah um so the very first episode features the founders of the women's march um which hopefully everyone knows what the women's march was but it was the sort of national march in response to the current administration's sort of views on women um created by sarah sophie flicker and paula mendoza it's so crazy to me that it was started by actual people you know, right, I mean, it seems so right. big that it was like maybe magic or camp was struck down by right. whatever Mother Earth or something. Like, <laughs> but like this... people like had this idea. Sorry, yeah. No, it's crazy that two people could come up with a thing that was this like national storm of goodness, um, and that's kind of what they talk about. They they um, they discuss. So basically, they're discussing in this episode why 2018 isn't going to suck, which is the title of the episode. We Um, we do need that. To start the conversation, um, host Caitlin asks Sarah and Paola what the most surprising thing of 2017 was for them. Here it is. 
If anyone had told us that two months after the election, we would all be together in the streets singing, dancing, chanting in a place of joy and unity, I think we all would have thought they were nuts. We may have lost the first woman in the White House. We may have momentarily lost our country, but there is a whole army or, you know, a cabal of women leadership. You see it in everything from Emily's List having 22,000 women showing interest in running um, for office. You see it in the staggering numbers of women who are calling their representatives. I mean, the, the resistance is being led by women 100 percent. Paula will text me or I'll text her. One of us will text the other. I have an idea. And I'm always like, uh-oh. Oh, no. Dun, dun, dun. And so that's where we all text each other now. Uh, hearing them talk just reminds me of like how powerful the Women's March was. I did the one here in New York last year and the energy and like love and determination was just so, it was like motivating. Like everyone was like so supportive and so amped up. I loved it. Um, they talk about how they'll talk to their kids about this tricky time because they both have children, like young children. Yeah, it was shocking to hear one of them say, my child, basically, her whole childhood will be under Trump. Yeah, like that's totally. alarming. Yeah, and I mean, truthfully... Well, we'll see. I don't remember. I mean, I grew up with sort of a lot of privilege and like political blindness, but I don't really remember what, what the president was when I was Right, but very the president young. wasn't doing... Well, also true. Shit. Also true. Um, but I, I feel like I've heard this question from parents in my life. Like, how do we balance a deference for the position of the president of the, of the United States while making it clear that, like, what he's doing is objectively wrong? You know what I mean? Yes. How do you think we do that? Ugh. I, 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 it's very difficult, too, because you also don't want to be, like, talking shit to your children. You know what I mean? So it's true. Like, how do you... That's what the problem is. Like, our leader is a terrible person. Yeah. So. And... <laughs> well said. Mm-hmm. And... That wasn't me, by the way. That wasn't my voice. <laughs> it sounded like you. Um, I mean, the thing is, especially parents of children who the administration is disparaging, right? Black children, Muslim children, immigrant children... Children from, as he calls them, shithole countries, which include all the countries of Africa mm-hmm. and Haiti, which is just astounding. Like, I can't even imagine, you know, a child coming home from school and being like, I heard that the president said that where we're from is a shithole country. Yeah, I think it would be very hard to be a parent and find any light. Like, I don't know how parents make a positive spin out of this or make it sound okay. Yeah. Especially for some people that are immigrants like it's might maybe not okay they might no, be I'm getting sure sent not. back to their country yeah like, so they're scared trying to make their children not scared right Ugh. president's over here trying to repeal daca it's like it's insane i can't imagine being a parent right now um so sarah and paula think that 45 will be out of office in 2018 one of the reasons they think eight 2018 won't suck um but they don't think it will have anything to do with Russia. They think that it will be um, a fallout because of the investigation of the 19 women who have come forward with allegations of sexual assault. Yeah, I never heard anyone say it before. That's interesting. I actually completely agree with them. And I was talking to my coworker about this before I, before I heard this because I don't think anything could come out politically that folks won't argue was biased, was mm-hmm. fake, wasn't real. You know, they're out to get him. It's a witch hunt, blah, blah, blah. But I think that eventually, like the morals of him, of him sexually assaulting women, 
cheating, raping with like I just think but this that's stuff will being come called out. a witch hunt also. I'm not wrong, but hopefully there yeah. even the Republicans in yeah. Congress. This might be their pathway to be comfortable with themselves as Republicans. Yes, they can take the sort of mm-hmm. moral high ground it's as like, if that's a it's thing like right if now. This whole thing is a scapegoat for all the other bullshit. Yeah, this will be interesting to see. Um. <laughs> anyway, getting away from a little bit of my negativity, um, what are you most looking forward to in 2018? Why will 2018 not suck for you? Well. One of them said something brilliant. Artists are the heartbeat of the resistance because it lets us talk about these things by tapping into the human heart. Ooh, say I, it. That I, I, beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it, they were talking a lot about how why cre- we talked about this a lot when right when Trump was elected, like how artists and creative people are coming out. I never thought of why that was happening, and it's because it's tapping the human heart. It's it's the direct connection to our hearts. And they also say the optimism has to be there. And I think we are seeing like some very, some different, like I want to see what the Democrats are able to do. And I have hope that new kinds of leaders like trans leaders and stuff are, are coming. I think that's the exciting thing to look forward to. Like totally, I hate to say like, look forward to the backlash. Is that okay? Like 100%. Like, I, I think forward, you're so right. I, I look forward to where it swings, you know? Cause um, moving on yeah. to our jingle jingle. I'm ready. This is the segment where we uh, play a clip of something musical, whether it's the intro of a show or a song that they play during it. Um, this jingle jangle comes from Ear Hustle, which uh, is a podcast that shares stories of life inside San Quentin State Prison in California. So good, a really fun Yay, one now. <laughs> I do love this podcast. This is a really. So, you have to listen to the whole whole every episode it's, it's so great it's it's like it's an authentic look into this world because like the two of the co-creators are actually inmates so one of them is Erlon woods he's a co-producer and host and the other antoine williams is a co-producer and the sound designer respectively so um Erlon joined the northern california society of professional journalism while incarcerated um and then antoine is involved in the san quentin media lab and they created this podcast together with nigel poor who also hosts um she met these guys while she was volunteering for the prison university project it's such a cool concept and it, it's so well done um in this episode they're looking back at some of the talented musicians in the san quentin prison community um the episode is titled songs from season one because for a lot of these guys like music is really important to them um so this particular clip is from Richie Morris, who's a 56-year-old inmate and at San Quentin, um, who landed in prison at 24. He created a band called Quentin Blue with fellow inmates Dwight Crisman and Charlie Spencer. And the clip is these three playing their original song, Trying to Carry On. And yesterday is a memory Like my dreams is dead and gone I'm looking out through these prison bars Trying to carry on And if I could I surely would Go back and change the past Wishing doesn't do any good when time rolls by so fast. I traded my youth for these prison blues. 
I guess it was my first mistake Spent the love of my family Caused so much heartache So Charlie Spencer, who's one of the musicians in this band, says in this episode, um, I'm free when I'm playing my music, which I thought was so powerful. And I just another reason I love this uh, podcast, which, again, is called Ear Hustle. Um, I feel like we have so many representations of prison, prison life in movies and TV that depict corruption and violence. So it's nice to hear stories of hope and strength through this show. I love it. Such a great song, right? Yeah. It's yeah. So much. So he's so talented. Yeah. I, there was also an episode about an inmate who wanted to play music, but didn't have a piano. Did you listen to that one? No. So he made a piano out of a cardboard and would like really practice and get really good on his like cardboard piano. That's crazy. So, but I like that idea of the music. It is like you're, it's like to me reading. Like, yeah. It's, it's like you're, you can totally escape. Yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. I love that. One. dig it so again that is ear hustle and that episode is called songs from season one now check it out we're moving on to no comment which yep. means i'm going to set up a clip uh-huh and listen we're going to listen to it together uh-huh. and i'm going to shut my trap and we're not going to talk about it what about me can i talk about it no oh okay. i'm sorry we can talk about it later <laughs> okay perfect yeah off off the mic Yes, but this is from The Guilty Feminist, which we've talked about before, but I just love it so much. Um, It's hosted by Deborah Francis White. Um, There's always a theme, and this theme, uh, this is um, number 81, Strength and Weakness. And um, as an exercise, host Deborah Francis White does some free association writing, which makes her subconscious write down her strengths and weaknesses. Does everyone know what that is? It's just like you write without thinking and you don't put your pencil down. Yep. So, um, and so much of her strength, I'm going to play a clip where she's reading her strengths and so much of her strength comes from feminism. And I read a lot about feminism and it was this moment listening to her, um, where I thought, oh my God, this is what feminism is for. And, um, then the second time I listened to it, I cried. This is, I'm strong. I am strong. I'm strong because I find some things easier than other people. Things that make men, soldiers, king, weak at the knees, like standing on a stage and addressing an audience without much of a plan. The moment doesn't scare me. This moment now is my gift, and this next one too. What I know that most people don't is that one day I will die. This came at me sharply when I left a doomsday cult that had promised me eternal life on earth. On the way out the door, I looked my mortality in the eye and said, death is coming for me, but not yet. Of all the people who have ever lived and all the people who are going to live, it's my turn now. That's my strength. I'm acutely aware that it's my turn and my power is in the awareness of my breath, my beating heart, my speed of thought and my understanding that there's nothing like being muzzled by men to make you appreciate the bellow of your voice when you're off the leash. My strength is one taught to me by Maya Angelou on YouTube. She told me long after she had died, when you go into a room, a meeting, an interview, take everyone who loves you with you. Family, friends, they're all around. See them there. Feel them there and they'll give you strength. That's the strength of feminism. The unseen army with sword half-drawn that emboldens me to ask for more and take my place. Maya Angelou and all her wisdom 
comes with me into the rawest rooms and roars, sometimes using my lungs. I can pull the sisterhood over my head to protect me from the rain. And that's it. Moving on. We have a new segment. Wow. By the way, that was a hardcore no commenting, and I'm Ooh. very proud of you. Good example to set for me who's bad at it. Moving <laughs> right on. Um, <laughs> a new segment. Yeah. I'm so excited about this one. Okay. We don't know what to call it yet. We're I think we know exactly We are open to, to suggestion, but I'm going to call it this time. It's time for a little bit of advice. I love that title. <laughs> and um, we're just going to play some advice from a podcast and Eric, I'm going to present this advice to you and I yeah. hear what you have to say. And we're not going to listen to what they said on the podcast. You can go and listen to that yourself. Yep. Um, actually, that was Matt's suggestion from Hannah and Matt Know It All. He was like, they go on and on and on. Just don't play theirs. Like, let the people go listen to it on their own. Yeah. And we also got this idea cleared from them because we don't want to feel like we were copying them. Yeah. Because they, they have a have... great advice show. Go listen to Hannah and Matt Know It All. Yeah. If you need some advice, they have that on lockdown. But we thought it'd be fun to kind of ask each other yeah. these questions. And also, so we'll go back and forth. This is going to be a podcast only. They do a lot of columns and online yeah. stuff. So. Anyway, this is from Homophilia, which I can't believe we've never talked about on the podcast. I really don't think we have. It's a great show. I know. And it's like one of the 10 that I like listen to every episode. You know what I mean? So I can't believe I haven't featured it yet. It's just part of our souls, I guess. Yeah. This is from uh, Glory Holes, Sex Through the Bars, and Fire Island Love with Brian Moylan. Um, Should we explain what homophilia is a little bit? So Homophilia is just a, a podcast by Dave Holmes and Matt McConkie, who were both like TV personalities. You might know Dave Holmes if you're as old as I am from TRL and MTV. Yeah, I think the other day I was like, he's super famous. And Eric was like, oh, not so I don't much. Think people know him anymore. people don't. I'm sure they do through other ventures, but he's like a big music guy. And uh, Matt McConkie is like a comedian actor. And they're both gay men. So they have um, folks from the LGBTQ plus community on and just kind of talk about their gay experience, their gay dating life and all that fun stuff that comes with being queer mm-hmm. they're they seem like they're in my wheelhouse so they seem super famous to me but i re- realize that not everyone <laughs> thinks they're super duper famous but yeah. they're very talented they're amazing the show is so great and here they're gonna uh, address a question and we're, i'm just gonna play the question and see what you have to say about it hey there homophilia this is rob from new jersey and i have a question and some advice for you all no thank you um <laughs> i've been single for well over a decade And it seems to be a problem in the gay community, um, especially as a a gay man, about being um, a scientist or following academic pursuits of that nature. Um, I typically, you know, follow the app game and the online profile game, and I get told, oh, brains are sexy. But when they ask, what do I do? I say, science, I'm immediately ghosted. So... I would love to hear y'all talk about, you know, why is it that the gay community doesn't really have a place for us at the table? And how would you suggest navigating something of this nature in the dating world? Because I would really love to not, you know, withhold that information. It's something that is important to me. It is my career. It's something that will have to be mentioned eventually, but I don't want to, you know, hide it in, in, you know, fear of I'm going to get immediately rejected. (laughs) Okay. Tell this person. So here's, here's my advice for this caller. Um, 
what he might be forgetting is that gay people hate science. Oh my god, they hate smart people. It's I've as heard. simple as that. No, I feel badly that this guy um, is having a hard time meeting guys, and that he maybe feels like part of the reason for that is that is because of his field of work. But I'm having a, a little bit of a hard time believing that that is that that is causation and not maybe just a correlation. Um, I think. Maybe if he's looking for a deeper relationship and for someone to truly appreciate what he's passionate about, maybe a hookup app isn't the way to do that. So maybe he could try his luck on um, more of a serious dating app or something that you have. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not on the dating app world, so I'm sure there are apps that are a little bit more dating friendly, a little bit less hookup hookup ish. Um, but I also would maybe examine like how um, how he's relaying this information to guys because I really don't feel that there's a bias in the gay community against folks who are smart. And if there are, if there is a bias in the folks that you're finding, then you're maybe looking at the wrong pool. Well, that was was that segment fun? That was a good one because okay. when I first listened to that, I was like screaming into my earbuds. So this is perfect. Okay. I wanted to respond to good. this one. <laughs> All right, are we ready and to that, move on? To, oh, sorry. And that wraps up. It's time for a little bit of advice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> what do we think about the name? Right? I love it. It's I say time we for go a little with bit it. Advice. I mean, it's very accurate. Yeah. No one can say it's not accurate. And you came up with it, which makes me love it <laughs> oh, even more. Stop. Well, I'm open to suggestions. <laughs> Um, ready for segment segment? I am ready. Raise your hand if you want to go first. DJ Jaywoo. He's not raising his hands. Oh, he now is he now. is. I got two <laughs> hands up. We both looked at you for some reason. We're ready for yours. Uh, what is mine? Mine this week is, this is so dorky. Fuck. <laughs> uh, is my mechanical keyboard, <laughs> which is, is right dorky. behind you, Eric. That is super dorky. It, it, I, so I often work weekends, uh, just like doing my side projects my side hustles and i nothing just gets me fired up more than plugging that bad boy in and just clickety clacking away oh my gosh what is um better about that keyboard uh there's nothing really it's just like really gratifying to type on because it just has like a lot of good feedback on it also it's like beautiful yeah it's cool it's like uh the key like the the letter the letters and stuff are not on on top of the keys it's like real stealthy sometimes i come home on the weekend and he has this like workstation set up that's like (laughs) very tall and complicated looking and it's very nerdy i love yeah i have this like little laptop stand called the roost and it just like oh yeah portable it's like super so it's like it makes your screen like eye level so you're not like Uh craning your neck and like it's good for posture nerds yeah yeah you know i love that you're a geek yeah whatever and if you're going to be working on the weekends, you might as well be set up with a sleep keyboard. I got to be comfortable. Yeah, I gotta yeah. Be comfortable. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I mean, the cat you, like, Monty likes it too. You have that <laughs> and I have my lap desk. <gasps> so we all have our workstations set up. Is that around? Here. Is that your segment segment, your lap desk? No, oh. I do love my lap desk. Oh. I, you got a lap desk you, for you, Christmas yeah. and it is bomb. I used to always want one and I would say, when I'm rich, I'm going to buy a lap desk. And Justin was <laughs> like, they're not that expensive. And he gave me one for Christmas and I love it. So. It's a really cute one too. But my segment segment, I'll just go next because I feel like this is I love that. transition. Um, I just love Twitter threads. That's all. <gasps> I just love it. Like when I see that someone's like Twitter thread, I'm like, yeah, I like sit down mm, and get out the popcorn. Too. I'm like, yes. I want because it. it's like they're like, okay, everyone's like tweeting bullshit, like one offs. And it's like, wait, I have something to say. And I'm like, juicy. Give it. Yeah. And like, I just, 
I get really excited when I see one coming up. So it's so digestible. It's such a great way for someone to articulate their thoughts in like an essay form. It's like, it's another new form of storytelling. I I start like rubbing my hands together and I'm like, this person's got something to say. And either, even if it's bad, I'm like, yes. Like I just, I want it. It it kind of, to me, a Twitter thread, it's kind of like, I've got some shit that's a little too good for Twitter. Yeah. So I'm going to hack Twitter and make a thread for you. (laughs) Do you remember that um, my segment segment last week was Dear David? Yes. Technically, That's a, long a series Twitter? of Twitter yes, threads. it's true. It's like making Twitter better. Yeah, totally. I, I completely agree. Love it. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Twitter. What's yours? Uh, mine is actually um, a little... Uh, it's not that exciting, so don't get your hopes up. But I, ha- I have something that I have to tell you guys to keep me accountable. And also, it's part of my journey to become more like you guys. Well, I like it already. I, in this spring... I'm going to run a half marathon. Oh, amazing. Where? Uh, here in New York. Oh. Um, Brooklyn? Are you doing Brooklyn? So my, I think I might do, uh, I don't know which Brooklyn. So a my Brooklyn coworker is like a big marathoner or whatever, half marathoner. He just ran one in January. And I've been running like really, really consistently. Probably like two to three miles twice a week since like May. Like, oh, holy like crap. Really I had consistently. no idea. That is so great. The consistency Thanks. is so yeah, and I mean, it's not that long. I'm not a great runner, but, like, it feels good that I was able to do it so consistently. And so he kind of encouraged me to say, like, just, like, try a longer run. He was like, I really think you can do a half, and it's felt really appealing for a long time. So this past weekend, I just, like, got into the park and ran five and a half miles. Amazing. No problem. Turn and then podcast, I ran podcast on. Miles Next thing co- you know, it's an hour. Exactly right. So he has really encouraged me, and um, you guys are marathoners. So oh, my God, I can't wait to talk to you more about it this. It makes this me is, really excited. I, I have... I, we're gonna, you're gonna be hearing from us. You should not have told us. And I feel like saying it on, on here and to you guys like keeps me accountable. That's like now, true. now I've got to do it. This is awesome. There's no I turning back. It. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is so exciting. Congratulations! Yeah. I'm really happy about this. Yeah, that's Thank awesome. you. I feel Don't like congratulate I'm, me yet. <laughs> I feel like invest, like very personally invested in this. this well, is you guys will have to do some long runs with me then. I would yeah. love. Oh, we'll run it with you. We can run in Venice. Do you remember we used? Yes, we can. Oh, Remember, you're going to love that, too. Uh, well, I, that was part, one of my favorite parts of Rome, was running with you guys in, um, uh, oh, I, Borghese Park. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you remember we used to run long runs together? We would go to the park. Yeah. Do you remember when and I made run. you hold hands with me on the treadmill? Yes, that was the best thing ever. Speaking of the oath, was that in your college oath? Because that was at your college. Yes. <laughs> Everything was under the oath. When your friends come to visit, you have to run on a treadmill and hold hands. Yeah. Uh, just I was the only one that followed the rules. That's why we were the only ones doing it. <laughs> so I'm a rule follower. You so are. I absolutely love that. Thanks, man. Well, this was a really fun episode. I mean, it was fun. It was a little more serious than usual. A little meatier. I feel good about it. Me too. And we have a new segment. Ugh. We did not learn when the bra was invented. All thank around. Goodness. Five stars. Go rate us. Five out of five. Yes. Um, thank you, Kara. Thanks to our editor, Kara. Thanks for listening, if you're still listening. <laughs> Thanks for um, ever listening, if you ever listen. If you've ever listened to, to any podcast, yeah. honestly. Thank you for supporting podcasts. Let's pump up the jam together. Bye. <laughs>